Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. It's Right Outdoors with Crappie Kirby. Now on FM at 95.7 FM and AM 710, KCMO. KCMO Talk Radio, it is Crappie Kirby. What are you doing to get right outdoors on this Saturday? I'm here to share my uneducated BS opinions and a feeble attempt to get you motivated to get right outdoors with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and create some great memories. And I'm creating some great memories today. Uh, we're coming to you from Caruthersville, Missouri, all right? It's called the Grizzly Jig Spring Tackle Show, and it is a pilgrimage of cat fishermen and especially crappie fishermen to the world's largest crappie store, the Grizzly Jig Show. Lots of celebrities here, lots of professional crappie fishermen, lots of media content creators in the place, and lots of publishers. And I'm with today uh, one of the most decorated publishers of crappie fishing books in the world would you say you're the best tim no i wouldn't say i'm the best well okay i, have, okay. Well, I, I know i would say that i'm i've been good at uh, putting out a lot of product yeah well i'm with <laughs> tim huffman and his beautiful wife Jeannie. welcome to right outdoors how are you guys doing We're doing good thank you it is saturday morning the biggest day of the grizzly jig show and yesterday we had quite the awards ceremony it's been a good year for you tim has it not it's been it's been great i've yeah. just been uh uh yeah you know, hon honored by everything and pretty overwhelmed. <laughs> well, tell the listeners what you received yesterday and who delivered it to you, because I was like, I was speechless. I, I had to run in with my camera and film it for Fish Eat Live. But tell them what happened to you here yesterday at the Grizzly Jig. Okay, yesterday I received the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame induction. And wow. uh, Jimmy Houston, I was honored that uh, he and I have been friends for for many years, and yeah. I was very honored that that uh, he presented that to me. I think he's a vampire. Hey, he he doesn't seem to age, does he? <laughs> he's always That's got right. that Jimmy Houston energy and that long, flowing blonde hair, and yeah. boy, he he's got the energy to talk a while, doesn't he? Oh, he he does. He yeah. can uh, he can go forever, and you know, it, 
And this rightfully thing. so. Deservedly yeah. so. Yeah. Well, thank you. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, he give that to me, and, you know, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, you know, Jimmy Houston's in the Hall of Fame, uh, Sam Hayton, you know, the, the lenders, uh, just all the people in history that's uh, been great in the fishing industry, and I'm, I'm just – I'm just in awe, you know. It, it, surre- it, it, it feels awkward. How surreal was it? I mean, oh, when, yeah, when yeah. it was happening, because everybody yeah. jumped up to take photos, and <laughs> there's a ton of applause. Yeah. The Grizzly Jig actually has a speaking area, which kind of looks like a, a church that would hold three or 400 sure. people, yeah. uh, and the professionals come in there and they speak. Uh, and after Jimmy Houston spoke, presented you with the award and right. everybody kind of went nuts. So that was, that was cool. Let's talk about the product that you put out that okay. has put you not only uh, in the, you know, hall of fame for the fishing, but also in the legends of the outdoors hall of fame down at Bass Pro Shop. Uh, it's good. been a good year for you, right? It has, you know, I, I really didn't receive and didn't, didn't look to receive awards, you know, during my career and, uh, it's been 36 years, and in uh, 22, I received the Outdoor Communicator of the Year Award, the Wade Bourne Award, and then last year I was inducted into the Legends of the Outdoors Hall of Fame, and then yesterday, the Freshwater. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, like I say, I'm, I'm just so honored with all of that, and it, it's pretty overwhelming. Jeannie, how, how proud are you of this guy? It's pretty hard to put that into words, but I will tell you that he has, oh my gosh, he has spent hours on his computer, his laptop, writing these books and putting up product, helping people learn. What he always says is, I want to help people learn how to catch fish. That's the overall so goal. That's his goal. Yeah. But I, and, and, I, and I have to tell you just a, a cool story. It's a funny story, but it's a cool story. But he worked so hard on his laptop. <clears throat> and he just beats away at it. And pretty soon, over the years, he literally has worn the letters off of some of the keys. And he takes his white out and puts the letters back on there <laughs> so he can find them. And he did that uh, on one of his MacBooks. And I don't know, five or six years later, yeah. he finally replaced it. So all the letters are there now. <laughs> wow. But I'm, I'm serious. He literally wore the letters off. That's how dedicated and how much joy... He has brought not only to himself but to pass on to others about fishing. And and when I married him 23 years ago, yeah, um, I thought you know, I'm a city girl. Okay, really? I, oh yeah, I was born and raised in St. Louis. Okay, I, so I'm a city girl. But we we met in Sunday school class in church. Oh, what a great story! Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Um, uh-huh. I was had moved there and and was working. And we met. So anyway, so I grew up, I knew about a little bit of fishing because my grandfather fished, but lived in Minnesota. Okay. But when it came to fishing with him, it was brand new. And I have caught some seriously good, fun crappie, <laughs> but it was all because of Tim. Right. He taught me how to do it. And, and I squealed and got excited and made noise over the lake and he would laugh at me. But, but that's how exciting it, it is to catch fish. But it was really exciting because it brought a lot of joy to him because he could see what, what, he, what he was able to teach me, and and we both reaped benefits from it like a good dinner. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, crappie on like the table, dinner and a movie. <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of a dating. Yeah, thing. 
But this is kind of a joint venture, isn't it? Because, you know, oh. Tim, I, I I see Jeannie with you almost, you know, at least 80% of the time. She is. is you know, it, I'm getting older now. She, she helps drive and... When I go to an event, I used to cover tournaments for years. Okay. And uh, we would go there, and she would drive coming home, and I'd have my laptop, and I'd be transcribing interviews and working. And yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. She, in everything I do, she helps. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't matter what it is. And it, it's been an awesome adventure together with her. I would like to say one thing on, okay. uh, on the awards that we've been talking about. Those are very nice, and and I I really appreciate them. But the great joy to me has been the people I meet, yeah. the Kirby Hams, uh, ever <laughs> you know, Russ Bailey, you know, and and like Jimmy Houston, get to work with those people and get. Did to you meet. just say my name with <laughs> Russ Bailey and Jimmy Houston? Yeah, I, I did. I, listen, people on the radio, <laughs> this is me taking a bow right now. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. That's but, very kind. Yeah, yeah but. You know, it, it's uh, it's the camaraderie I see, you know, and when I was covering tournaments, I'd see the same guys out there fishing, and they'd take me out pre-fish. When they were pre-fishing, I'd get to go out. So I would have never stayed in this business and worked as hard as I had had it not been the people involved. Yeah. I, I just I just love the fishermen, love the media that I know. I think this is my seventh year uh, coming to the Grizzly Jig, and it, it truly is as important to me as almost Thanksgiving with my real family, because this is where everybody kind of catches up with everybody. And I, and, and I've had the privilege of being interviewed by you. And I I recently had Gary Mason on the show and we talked about the legends of the outdoors. And when he mentioned that you, you know, made that tear, uh, I'm like, well, I'll probably see him at Grizzly Jig. And it's Saturday morning. Everybody's eating breakfast right now, but the, it's going to be a madhouse of sales. And I saw you and I'm like, oh, my God, it'd be so good to get Tim on the show. And so I came in here and set up the equipment uh, to do this radio show. And then as I was walking back and forth, I saw, you know, Jeannie sitting there and I'm like, She's with him everywhere that they go. It's such a wholesome, wonderful thing to see a wife supporting her husband in his endeavors. It is. That I'm like, Jeannie, do you want to be on the show? And and she didn't hesitate. She's like, yeah, I don't want to sit out here alone. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. be our, radio people. Yeah, Our last five years of fishing, I, I, I go out with the pros to get articles and, and uh, chapters for my book and stuff, but... Uh, uh, I no longer go out on my own and fish. It's just I'm 72 and have a lot of physical things. But yeah. our last five years together, we set the boat up to uh, pull crankbaits. Right. So I could I could get everything set up. Of course, she helped me. But the rest of the day, I would sit there operating the trolling motor okay. and the net. Yeah. And I would listen to her squeal and scream and pull in big crappie. Oh, it was man. a ball. It was but, fun. Uh, it was a fun. lot of fun. You guys are an inspiration to me because uh, I have a very great relationship with my wife, and I am encouraging her that when we get these kids out of high school to come on the road with me and see some of these beautiful places that oh, I feel yes. only we as reporters and uh, promoters of the sport get to see because America is such a beautiful place. Oh, it is. You have no idea the beauty that is out there until you put yourself kind of into the wild. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. 
Hey, listen, we have to pay some bills. But before we do that, for our listeners that are listening along on their computers, wearing out the letters like Tim does, uh, what's the name of the website where they can find all of these books, Huffman Publishing? How, what Do you have a website? Where they I do, monstercroppy.com. But the easiest way to order is go to Amazon. Amazon. And uh, they can get it in Kindle version uh-huh. or paperback. And if they if they want their hands on it and one that's uh, autographed, Grizzly Jig Store would be glad to sell them a paperback book. Okay. So all I got to do is give Grizzly a call and, and get them. On, on Amazon.com. And all they would search is Tim Huffman? Yeah, Tim okay. Huffman, Crappie Books, and... And yeah. they'll come up. And just out of curiosity, before we go into break, how many have you published? I've read two I know of. I've published 10 books. Okay, I'm a little bit behind. <laughs> but I did get a new one, thank you, you, you uh, this you. trip. You I appreciate you. that. So we're going to be back right outdoors. Thank you for listening. We're going to come back and talk about Tim Huffman and his incredible career at promoting the sport of crappie fishing through these wonderful books that are incredibly written uh and he's doing it with his love of his life miss genie so thank you guys for listening kcmo talk radio more right outdoors on kcmo talk radio now on fm at 95.7 and 710 a.m that's me on the guitar, Jeannie. Did you know that? I'm impressed. I'm lying. <laughs> hey, welcome back to KCMO Talk Radio. We're having a good time. Saturday, what are you doing to get right outdoors? I'm talking with Mr. Tim Huffman, who does a great job of inspiring many, many millions of people through his publications to get out there and have some fun, catch a fish with the family, create some great memories. And Tim, you said we had 10 books. I do. My latest one uh, just come out in January called Paper Mouth. Paper Mouth. Is that's what they call these crappie, these specks, these sockelet? How many names do crappie have? Oh, I, I, I have no idea. At least a dozen. Yeah. And yeah. boy, they sure are good to, to cook, aren't they? Oh, great. I mean, nothing better. You know, we I get to go to uh, Les Smith's Crappie oh, Compound. Sure. I've somehow weaseled my way into that fraternity. <laughs> and the neat thing about Les Smith is, you know, when everybody's exhausted from a hard day out on the lake and a big old belly full of fried fish, uh, we sit in there and we talk crappie. And after a while, I get pretty bored with it. And so I always say, hey, I'm going to bed. And I just grab one of the... Huffman books because he's got them all yeah. right there on he his does. on his counter and I'll go and and read your books uh, until I uh, you know get a little heavy eyed and and uh, it's a wonderful right. way to fall asleep. But how did we get here? Just out of curiosity, Tim. I mean, I'm sure you probably have got a great story. Uh, how did this spark of not only cro- of fishing get into your bloodstream, but how did we land on crappie? My, my major job, I repaired medical equipment, you know, okay. x-ray, heart monitors, a lot of that stuff. And I was crappie fishing, and I started fishing tournaments and doing well. I also had a few buddies that I deer hunted with. We muzzleload hunted when muzzleloading wasn't cool. I mean, right when it came out, we started hunting together. Wow. I would write humor stories for them just, just for us, you uh-huh. know, and give them to them. And we were pretty... We were bad enough at that time at what we were doing that uh, I didn't have to exaggerate too much about oh, humor. Okay, but 
Do you have any, any of those books published? I'd like to. No, I do. Oh, yeah. I did not publish. But okay. they encouraged me. They said, send these in the magazines. You know, and they aggravated me for a while. I said, yeah. okay, I'm going to send them to a few magazines and y'all get off my back. And to my surprise, a couple magazines said, you know, your humor stinks, but we see you're a crappie fisherman. Oh. You send us some crappie articles. Okay. So I did that. And, uh, that's where it started, you know, with a couple magazines, and then it grew. And at one time, I was writing for, I believe it was eight magazines per wow. month. Wow. And uh, that's how it got started. So I started doing books, and I was fortunate. Back before we had social media, uh-huh. before we had these podcasts, all this cool stuff we got. Now. Oh, that's my right. gosh, they're addictive. Uh Ronnie Caps and Steve Coleman was just killing the crappie world with slow trolling, spider rigging. And I wrote a book on them, and it was just uh, incredibly successful. People, It was a guidebook on how to slow troll. Yeah. They couldn't get that information anywhere else. So that I kind of became known for my crappie writing, you know, after that book come out. I started writing for Crappie World magazine, and I did that for about 12 years, and that was Kind of the there's like you know B A S S magazine and, and so things just kind of went along and and some of the crappie tournaments wanted me to start magazines for them and I was uh, editor of Crappie Master magazine for 15 years and followed the tournament circuit so yeah. that's kind of my history kind of your history yeah. um, I got a couple questions first off um, what's your opinion. You, do you ever miss the whole magazine thing where you couldn't wait to get your field and stream in the mail or your outdoor life and just flip through it? Or do you like the fact that your writing now is basically going to live on forever on the Internet? I mean, it's it's got its pros. It's got its cons. Do you, do you well, miss the, the good old days? You know, I'm old school. I really do like magazines, uh, looking at them and, if I see something I like, you know, and and it's laying on the counter, I'll pick it back up and read it again. And I I do miss that. It I I've got another I got a funny story. I uh, want to uh, give, <laughs> give it to me, baby. <laughs> Dan Danny Mueller and T J Stallings of uh, TTI Blakemore. Yeah. Wanted to start Crappie Now magazine, a digital magazine. Right. And I said I don't want to do that. I said that'll never work. I said, people want paper in their hands. And and I went in that fighting tooth and nail, you know, not to do it. But they encouraged me to. Dan had all the digital people and skills to do it. TJ kind of promoted, and I was the editor of it. And uh, I was so glad I'm wrong. Crappie Now magazine is uh, the number one magazine now. uh, Just huge readership online. And uh, so to answer your questions, I like paper magazines, right? But I I have gotten used to the digital, and there's a lot more out there available than you can get paper. And the cost of printing and mailing now is so expensive. I don't enjoy paying twenty five dollars for a, a year subscription. Yeah, you know. So yes, things have changed. Uh, good things about it and bad things. It's very tough to fight technology, isn't it? It is. It, 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 you want to hold on as long as you can because it just seems like you just get comfortable and you just get in a groove and then technology goes and 
makes you feel like you're stupid again and you got to do <laughs> yeah. this and you got to do that to right. to keep up with this younger right. generation but i i it's sad to me uh with magazines versus digital that when i go into a bass pro shop now uh they've got the magazine section like 20 yards past the restroom to the right where it's very yeah. difficult to find and then when i do find the magazine section it's it doesn't seem like you have a general outdoor magazine it's all guns and ammos or how to fly drones or it's very uh sexual or not sexual sectionally divided into these little cliques is that not a fair statement sure uh biking hiking yeah uh, different things and not that those are bad you know for those people that's great but I miss the outdoor stories. One, th- I'm I'm really old school in saying this, but in the old field and stream and outdoor life, you you jump in there and read an article, and you feel like you're in the blind, and that line's coming yeah. in on you, you know. And and it was a story that just really touched your emotions. Today, people want they they don't want to read a thirty minute article. Give me where to go and how to catch a fish, and I'm, you know, I'm they, out of this. They don't article. want any filler. No, they, they don't. want they want the precise blah 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 yeah. the instant gratification, and and it I think it takes people mentally into almost a callous sense it, of being. Uh, yeah. You know, we talk about the old time magazines. The first page I would read would be the last page because it was yeah. funny. It was, it was a, humor there's, article. There's always a funny story and at the end, and then it got you excited about going that and thinking about the story. And sometimes you'd go back and memorize the story and yeah. and and think how you were going to tell it to your friends, how it happened to you. And uh, anyway, hey, unfortunately. I told you this was going to move fast, right? We've got to take a break. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to come back and talk some more with Tim and Jeannie, Huffman Publications, uh, and you can see them uh, here at the Grizzly Jig Show or basically anywhere something is happening in the crappie world. You still go to a lot of these big tournaments, don't you, Tim? Uh, I, I go to events like this, uh-huh. but uh, the tournaments I've, uh, I'm out of now. Oh, really? A lot of the, the tournaments now... They put their stuff on social media, and they don't mess with magazines anymore. Well, I, I, maybe what I should should have said is you go to the big tournaments where there's those expos. Those uh, I do. 500,000 tournaments, so. which I'm not talented enough to compete in. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but anytime sure. there's something big going on, uh, uh, you can see some familiar that, faces. That, that's where my fellow fishermen and readers are and the experts that I interview to uh, gain yeah. information. What's, sure it, what's it like being on the other end today? You uh, having fun with it? Oh, I have a ball. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess uh, talking is the next best thing to actually fishing. You yes. Know? So, yes. Uh, and it's easier. The only thing I, I worry about on radio is I can't go back in there and edit it like I can an article, and I worry about saying something oh, that I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but you don't have to worry about this on this show, so I don't even know if there's anybody out there. Is there anybody out there? We're going to pay some bills. KCMO Talk Radio. <laughs> right Outdoors continues on KCMO, now on FM at 95.7 and 710 AM. Here's Froppy Kirby. Jeannie Huffman said, let's rock earlier. And that's what we're doing. Get that coffee in you. Get on your computer and look up Tim Huffman 
and all of his incredible publications on crappie fishing. You can buy them on Amazon.com. I'm Crappie Kirby. Thank you guys for listening to KCMO Talk Radio. We are coming to you from the Grizzly Jig Spring Tackle Show in Caruthersville. Did I pronounce it right? You did. Because for like four years I was saying Caruthersville, and they're like, what is wrong with this Yankee? So, But uh, we're kind of down <laughs> south here in the boot hill of Missouri. We're talking with uh, – Incredibly decorated Tim Huffman, who'd received an award from Jimmy Houston yesterday, putting him in the Fishing Hall of Fame. Is that correct? Right. Freshwater Fishing Hall right. of Fame yes. uh, for his incredible work uh, spanning how many years, Tim? How many years? 36 years. 36 years. That's a lot of crappie articles. A lot of crappie <laughs> articles. Hey, speaking of crappie, since you're kind of, you know, the man in promoting the sport what are some of your favorite crappie lakes to fish oh wow you know grenada tops the list uh i put out a top 10 in crappie now magazine yeah i uh, put out a top 10 lake uh review every year and uh grenada always you know the fisherman puts you've got the best chance of catching a, a three plus pound fish there right now there's three pounders in a lot of areas but not in the numbers uh, another lake that I love is Darbone, Louisiana. Okay. It's got a lot of fish, pound and a half to pound and three quarters. And you can catch them larger, but boy, you can catch huge numbers. That's, that's a, a fun lake. That's in John Godwin's backyard, I it believe. Is. He it likes is. to fish that and, one. Uh, so <laughs> there's just so many around. You know, yeah. Texas has, if you're looking for big fish, Texas and Mississippi, just, but, you know, they kind of right. rule the roost. Thing. Yeah. You can't go wrong with one of their lakes. You know, Missouri has good, great lakes up there. You you can catch a lot of crappie at Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. Truman's fun because you're one polling up there. And uh, so, yeah, there's just tons of places. Kentucky to Lake was a fun lake for us to fish. Yeah. Yeah, we used to we used to fish Kentucky Lake a lot. And what's funny is fun. you say lakes, and unfortunately here in the Kansas City area, our lakes are kind of, you know, I love our lakes, don't get me wrong, but they're kind of like ponds mm -hmm. compared to these, uh, you know, stretching lakes like Kentucky and uh, Eufaula in Oklahoma where you can drive. Wade, we need you over there. Like I said, we're at the Grizzly Jig Show. But uh, like some of these lakes, like Kentucky Lake and like uh, Eufaula Lake where you can. Sure. I, I was fishing with uh, Brian Young one time, and it was really bad wind and we couldn't get on the place he wanted to fish on Lake Eufaula. And so he goes, I think I got another spot that we could go to. So we literally got in, he got in his car and I got in my car and I followed him an hour and a half down the highway. And so we go into this creek channel and uh, I said, Oh, this, yeah, we can fish here. And, I'm like, what lake is this? He goes, Lake Eufaula. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, it's the, 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 there's some giant lakes out there. there. So, hey, let me ask you this. I appreciate the breakdown of the top 10 or the top, what'd you give me? Three? Top, top 10. Well, I gave you three or four, but, you know, uh, used to, Arkle Butler was in it because it's got bigger fish than Grenada. Uh -huh. But uh, they're in the process of draining that lake. To, right to now, repair so, a dam. Uh, but I'm trying to think of you. You follow us on it, and really? mainly because of numbers of fish, you can go there and, and have fun. any of the Green River. I, it did not make the top ten, but Green River, Kentucky. If you want to take a family, especially kids, out to fish, that thing is just. 
full of crappie. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that's you know, younger people don't care about the size. They want action. Right. So, you know, anytime you can go to there. Yeah, Kansas, you know, may not have the big crappie, but that's like deer hunting. You know, you, you go up to Manitoba or somewhere and you get these huge. Yeah. Everything's relative to where you live and what's yeah. going on. Uh, I know that there's some people that are just chuckling right now about Kansas not having the big crappie because no, I know they have Kansas some. has a, a sleeper reputation that's slowly seeping into a lot Good. of professional crappie anglers' minds. But let's. That's another thing. Actually, it's fine. We don't want people knowing how good the crappie fishing is in Kansas. Keep those Nebraska people out of Kansas. But, and- but the <laughs> bad thing about y'all, y'all keep those secret and don't let the uh, don't let that out to America. I don't, I don't know if we keep it secret. I think it might be something along the lines that uh, crappie fishing is so good in the South that it's kind of become a lifestyle yeah. um, and. Maybe the whole culture is expanding slowly and finding out about these, um, you know, outskirts right. places where the culture is starting to seep in because right. crappie fishing is exploding basically yeah. due to technology. And yeah. uh, maybe we can talk about that here in a second. Okay. But before we do that, I want to ask Jeannie, get you back involved here because you got such a great radio voice. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, and, and and you have a face for television, oh, which, you, you know, much. most people say you have a face for TV. That's what they, <laughs> or a face for radio. That's what they yeah. tell me. All the time. That's all right. But Jeannie, give me your top three most beautiful places that you would look forward to to going back to to just soak in this beauty, this God-given Mother Nature, uh, you know, camping experience, fishing experience. Give me maybe top three or four places where you're just like, wow. Well, God, we have done so much traveling. Um, but, you know, Tim is also a member of many outdoor rider organizations. Yeah. So we have been many places in this country, all the way north, <clears throat> all the way up to the Dakotas, and we've done been down to Alabama. When we went to Eufaula, Alabama, for an outdoor, I I still talk about that because it was it was an awe yes. of the beauty of that place, and and uh, the event that they set up for us for for a dinner one night that was really cultural uh-huh. for that whole area. So so I I still talk about that, and uh, oh gosh. When we went to the Dakotas, we went to North Dakota, yeah. uh, Bismarck, and we they we did a pre-conference trip to Medora, and I will tell you just in twenty-five words or less, if I can, <laughs> that if you can ever go to Medora, North Dakota, really, you have to see it. You go through the beautiful Teddy Roosevelt National Park, okay, and you get all that great history, and then they. And then you go into the town itself, and they have an, an outdoor amphitheater, and you do this great show. But before that, you do this fabulous dinner on the hill, and it's called a pitchfork fondue. Oh. Where they literally slab steaks onto a pitchfork and dump them into a vat of oil and cook them, and then you get all the sides, and oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And they have a lot, lot of lakes up there. And they got oh, great yeah. lakes up there. So Devil's so, Lake in Devil's North Dakota. Lake, yes. Oh, that's a fun lake. It's got casinos on it. Yes. The best. <laughs> Walleye fishing you could ever yes. imagine. That's right. Yeah. We've been just recently, we've been to Minnesota up to Bemidji and did some great fishing on Lake Bemidji. Mm-hmm. And Tim was out on that lake 
what yeah, one or two mornings uh, it was absolutely gorgeous. caught walla and yeah. uh rock bass yeah wow and it was and, had a fun trip and back. we did a, a trip to hayward wisconsin which is actually where the fishing freshwater fishing hall of fame is wow. but tim did a thing with uh, the aglo conference or a small mm. group of people anyway and so the, you fished on what was the name of that spillage? It was it was something spillage. Chippewa, Chippewa, Chippewa flowage. Wow, flowage. Uh, Chippewa it flowage. was good crappie fish. Good, good any type of fish. And yeah. it was beautiful. Absolutely it was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. So I mean, have, have you ever away. been to Dale Hollow? Oh yeah. That, she oh, she had yes. had the opportunity oh, she to had, go there. Or no, yeah. I was at Dale Hollow. You were? Oh, that's true. Yes, yes. we went there last. Year. Last, last year, last year in the with, spring, with I think. one of Russ Bailey's. Yeah, yeah, events. that's a beautiful lake. And that is a beautiful yes. lake. Yeah, and, that's uh, a gorgeous lake. Hey, we got to pay some bills. I told you this thing flows fast. Coming back with Tim and Jeannie Huffman of Huffman Publications. Find his books on Amazon if you want to take the family out and have some great memories in some of these beautiful places uh, sure. that Jeannie mentioned. Uh, catching panfish doesn't have to be crappie. It could be bluegill. It could be bass. Uh, a lot of times when you fish for crappie, Tim, you can catch almost anything. Am I right? Sure. So you that's did. a great way for people to get into the fishing world is read some of these books, learn the basics, learn some of the more advanced tips, uh, and just get out there and have some memories. I still remember the you know, the first fish I caught with my grandpa and the first fish I caught with my dad. You got memories like that too, Tim? Absolutely. All right. I want to talk about those when we come back. KCMO Talk Radio. Right Outdoors continues on KCMO, now on FM at 95.7 and 710 AM. Here's Crappie Kirby. Hey, welcome back to Right Outdoors. I'm here with Tim Huffman and his lovely wife, Jeannie, and we're talking fishing, we're talking books, we're talking travel. Thank you, Jeannie. I know some people are taking some notes out there. And, oh, yes. Uh, uh, man, it is, uh, it's a wonderful life being kind of centered around the outdoors, is it not, Tim? Oh, is you know, it, you really can't put it into words. You know, we're we're blessed to be able to get into places and get to do things an average freshman doesn't get to do. You know, they set up very good events for us. We're we're put with guides and pros, and we get to experience some really good stuff. But through that, we're able to pass along excellent information through radio, through media, whatever, you know, articles. So yeah. we get to uh, pass along stuff. But, you know, when we go into a town, the tourism department, you know, they treat us nice because they would they would want us to talk about their place and stuff. Right. So, we, you know, it, it's just awesome. Yeah, it's a fun lifestyle. And, it and it's, a, it's a giving lifestyle. You know what I mean? It yeah. seems like people want to share their talents to pass this information on for they when they're gone or, or to help build the sport. And they're even though the outlets of how we teach these days with the technology and everything, uh, it takes a little while to get used to. It's ever-changing. A rolling stone gathers no moss. But it, it seems as if the crappy world is on a good path due to technology. Even though you... You know, you miss those magazines that you could have in the bathroom and, yeah, and, sure. and that you could, uh, you know, physically have. Uh, I think probably the only publication that I look forward to these days that I get in the mail is the Bass Pro Shop. 
Kroger catalog. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I, sure. I, I, you know, it's a really well put together catalog. It's a, a traditional thing, and I always look forward to that. I miss the good old days when uh, we had those magazines. But technology, like I said, once you embrace it and once you roll with the punches, it, it has its advantages. Uh, and like you said, you fought it for a long time. You got involved with one of the biggest mover shakers on the planet, Mr. Dan Dannemuller. Uh, and so now it's kind of neat to know that, you know, your information is out there at a click of a button. They don't have to actually go to Amazon. They don't have to actually go to uh, Bass Pro Shop. They don't have to wait for the magazine to arrive in the mail, you know, the second week of, uh, you know, the month or whatever the case may be. If they want that information, they can click on it, they can search it, and they can find it instantly and, you know... It was just a different time when we came up, but this technology also gives that information when somebody's planning a trip and maybe they're not catching them, and sure. it, these little tips and this information can change that whole trip right then and there in its moment. And technology has also presented us with a lot of things that have actually grown the sport, like the forward-facing sonar, the Garmin LiveScope. What, what's your take on that, Tim? We can now see how fish react to a bait uh we can well we can see the fish before we put a bait in the water so it's you're much more efficient you're not putting baits or fishing where there's no fish and i think it's uh, uh allowed a lot of opportunities young people who grew up playing video games yes yeah i mean it it's a video game they're dominating the tournaments trails they, they are yeah they are used to we had to go out and work for fish we had to learn their movements for the season we had to learn what type of structure they were on and uh you know we drop a bait down beside a stump we don't know if the fish is there or not but when it hits that rod it's just it's just so much excitement i think we've lost part of the overall fishing experience because now we're we're just turning on our electronics, running to find the fish and dropping a bait and catching it. I think we've lost the overall experience of fishing. Garmin has, has presented us with a machine that is so efficient. The other side of the coin is it's opened the door to a lot of people. They catch more fish. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's going back to, do you want paper magazines or do you want it online? Yeah. And uh, yeah. so I, I think it's a two-edged sword. And and for people, if I were, if I was fishing every day, I would have one. You know, I just, I'm just not fishing myself now. But uh, I, I do worry that we've lost, it goes back to, they don't want to read an article about the, the you know, 20-minute article about, being in, we mentioned being in that blind and watching the line come in and, and the emotions. They said, where do I go to kill that line and, you know, what gun do I need to right. use it with? You know, so, uh, <laughs> I respect your opinion. I do. Okay. Uh, but I can I can kind of give a, an outsider's opinion on uh, the DJ side of things. Before, mm -hmm. before technology took over, um, you know, We'd have to create records, and we'd have to keep the records out of the sun, and we'd have yeah. to bring seven or eight hundred records to a party, you know. And it was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, now, 
now that technology has got involved, there's you know programs where I can take my little laptop and have 700,000 songs. Sure. Now, just because I have that, and just because I have all those songs, uh, it's not going to make me straight out of the shoot a great DJ. The only thing that's going to make me a great DJ is if I study and actually practice and actually do it over and over again. And I think that even though uh, Garmin does take the guesswork of whether or not you're fishing dead water uh, and answers that immediately, I don't think it'll ever replace time spent on the water because even though you see them, there is still a skill set. And, and, and anybody that first buys a garment, and I've heard it from time and time again, they're like, ah, that garment lives go. I, I can't make Heidner tales of it. They're not jumping in the boat like everybody says they are. It's like the old uh, verbiage. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. Uh, and I think that even though people will now have the confidence to go out and maybe go to some of these other lakes because they know that they're probably going to catch them once they get the Garmin live scope down. Uh, they still have to put forth the time and effort uh, to understand these crappie. Uh, it's kind of like we're not shooting darts in the dark anymore. And, and I think that uh, once people realize that, you know, they can catch them so, you know, easily, once they get good at it, I think it almost serves as a conservational tool where people don't hoard crappie. I mean, the limits are still the limits, but unfortunately, you know, it, it's just, it's time management these days. Everybody's running and gunning so fast, they don't have time to ever relax. You know what I mean? They, they've got to catch that fish now. They've yeah. got to get all the, the most out of their vacation because they got to get back to the nine to five in this crazy capitalistic you know, drive that we're in here in America. And I, I, I mean, I like it. I like the Garmin Live Scope. I, I think it, it, it absolutely has changed, you know, the entire fishing industry. It's oh, I turned I'm, it on its head. I'm in total agreement with you on everything yeah. you said. Today's society, that's why our kids, you know, and, and I'm talking kids, you know, 20 year olds. Yeah, yeah 20 year olds. Yeah, grandkids coming. Yeah. You know, they just want everything so fast. fast. Uh, that's the way the world is. When you say, what's it going to be 10 or 15 years from now, fishing? Yeah. No, I think no matter what, you're still going to have to go on the water. You still have to put a line in, and you still got to get the, kit, the, the fish to take the bait. Yeah. And I don't care about how much technology is going to absorb so much, but it, it's going to only go so far. But you can't take away the lake waters, and you can't take away the fishing line, and the fish are going to be there, and there's only one way to go get them. Yeah, and that's to go there. That's to go and do it. Yeah. And and like Tim says, maybe I'm old-fashioned. Well, I, I guess I am too. Right. But I, I don't care. 20 years from now, you're still going to have to be a little bit old-fashioned because you still got to go get it. And you got to be a little lucky too. you got to hope for the best. <laughs> that's what it's all about, hope. Yes. So. Hey, Jeannie, I don't think I could have phrased that any better. I want to thank you, Tim. And you bet. And it's been a pleasure. And congratulate you, Jeannie. Yes. Oh, this has been wonderful. It's been awesome. I, you know, I get to see you guys, uh, and I've had the pleasure of being interviewed by you a little bit, Tim, asking for tips and tricks and that sure. sort of thing. But uh, today I think I've really got to know you. So thank you for being on KCMO yeah. Talk Radio. Oh, what an honor.
Thank you, guys. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's What Women Binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.